Hello, you are listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony. Here we go. Read a story. We can get there. From American history. To my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Had a girl. Yeah, but that took a while. Mm. God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. <laughs> you are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. <laughs> a bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> January 11th, 1963. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want me back? I like your attitude now. Gloria Ramirez was born in Riverside County. Gloria Ramirez. California. Okay. She was one of three kids in a close Mexican-American family. Her dad worked as a car mechanic. Gloria dropped out of high school. She went from job to job, working in a lot of fast food restaurants here and there. She was said to smile a lot and made friends very easily. It sounds like the Riverside lifestyle to me. That's what I'm talking about. Just, you know, bouncing around from Jack in the Box to Del Taco. <laughs> Who, who's hotter right now? Arby's. Arby's is hot. In 1878, she was swimming in Riverside Park when Angel Arcanegra uh, saw her. He fell in love instantly. And she fell in love with him. Oh, okay. It's always good when the other person's on board. I always think it's weird. Otherwise, it's a stalker. I think it's weird when you fall in love with someone who's swimming. Yeah. Well, that in a way, though, doesn't that just kind of... Isn't that an unfair advantage? It's just like seeing someone in their best outfit. Yeah. It's like swimming is like, you know, close, someone's close wet. To You're gonna, you, yeah, you can see what's up nipple-wise. You can see nipple-wise. I mean, it's just... It's a different experience. It is different. Whereas if you see someone in their winter clothes, you don't see a lot of people in the streets of New York during a blizzard falling in love madly. No, you, don't. you know, the people are like, get the fuck out of my way! Yeah. After Angels, she moved, after she uh, separated from Angels, so they were together for a while. Well, that was really... For yeah. me, as a listener, that was a real... I, I jumped that That one. really... But they, they were together. I didn't have a honeymoon phase with them. They were them. together for years. They did a whole thing. Well, what were some of the things they did? Well, they had a couple of kids. Okay. Um, so she moved in with her parents, with her two kids, who are now 15 and 12. She met another guy, Johnny Estrada, and she fell in love again. Was she swimming at the time? Nope, this time fully clothed. He was swimming? He was naked. <laughs> she was clothed. They were in a movie theater. Okay, no more questions at all. Uh, he asked her to marry him, and she said yes. Okay. But Gloria was losing weight and had been feeling sick for two months, so she went to the doctor. Here we go. And she was diagnosed with advanced cervical cancer. Ugh, okay. She should have known much earlier. In 1991, she had been given a pap smear at Riverside General Hospital, and the results came back abnormal. But the hospital never contacted her. Which you do. If someone has uh, uh, what appears to be cancer... Don't make that phone call. I mean, is that is that the re- if that's the rationale, that might be the only reason that I'm, I'm minorly okay with it. Well, they said she was supposed to have come back in person to get the test results. You come and tell us you have cancer. <laughs> you ever been here before? <laughs> welcome to Reverse Hospital. Yeah, welcome welcome to Reverse Side. You want to know you got cancer? You come in here and you let us know. Well, we just got your results back. You're here. 
Now, what do you have to tell us? What do you got? <laughs> I, I have HIV. No! <laughs> <sighs> Want to read a uh, Sports Illustrated? Had she known about the abnormal results, doctors say she probably would have completely recovered. But now she was given just over one year to live. Ugh. She was 31 years old. Ugh. On February 19, 1994, she began vomiting and was having a hard time breathing. An ambulance was called. In the ambulance, paramedics put an IV... Did the hospital call the ambulance for her? Is that that reverse move there? <laughs> yeah. We called one for you. Just in case. We never know. Reverse hospital. Welcome On to NBC. reverse side. <laughs> uh, so the paramedics... Uh, put it in an IV line uh, during which time they spilled a little bit of blood. A little bit of blood came out. I feel like that's that important for sure, but it IV. feels like that's it, you're highlighting that. I feel like I wouldn't say it if it wasn't. You're highlighting it. No, it's just a thing I'm throwing out there. Tiny bit of blood on the on the floor. Mm, Detective Gareth is on the case. Mm, a she clue! Was, she was taken to Riverside General Hospital and taken to a trauma bay in the emergency room at 8.15 p.m. There was nothing odd about the blood, and when Gloria arrived at the hospital, she was awake and speaking. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. I feel my I feel like my stomach has a boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Something well, like that. Right. The emergency room quickly went to work. Right. Where the nurses are doctors, and the doctors are nurses. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. The doctors and nurses gave Gloria drugs to sedate her and help with her irregular heartbeat. Hmm. Then Nurse Susan Kane started another IV. When administering an IV, standard protocol is to squeeze fluid out of the tubing to get rid of any air bubbles. Oh, God. Well, that's a no-fucking-brainer. If an air bubble gets into a patient, that patient can die. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, you don't want an air bubble in there. No. No air bubbles. So, Nurse Kane put the IV needle into Gloria's right arm. She then drew blood. From close to the IV area, and at that point, she started to smell something weird. Oh, what the fuck is about to happen? <laughs> uh, weird smell? Uh, it smelled like ammonia. Uh, dude, get what? No, she did not. What? <laughs> the IV? I don't even mean to react like, <laughs> like a Disney character, but... Your reaction's good. But... They're not putting ammonia into her arm. Nurse Kane asked, who popped the ammonia? Kane gave the syringe full of Gloria's blood to ER resident Dr. Julie Gorchniski. She then leaned over to smell the arm at the place where the IV entered. Uh, I mean, she just put a bag of ammonia into a woman's arm. Then Nurse Kane fainted. Uh, Nurse Kane fainted? Yeah. How's Gloria doing? Someone yelled out to catch Nurse Kane, and Dr. Umberto Ochoa jumped, grabbed the nurse, and gently put her on the ground. At that point... But that real quick, that does sound like every like Mexican soap opera I've just seen, <laughs> just like while flipping through the channels real quick. Umberto! Umberto catches her, places her on the ground. Uh, so, now Dr. Gorchinsky smelled the syringe and immediately felt queasy. So she turned and began to leave the trauma bay, but she didn't make it. She passed out before she could exit. What is happening? What is, all, are they all... What is happening? <laughs> if I was on the Mexican soap opera, that would be almost two camera. <laughs> what is happening? 
She lay on the floor shaking and was having difficulty breathing. Both women were then quickly taken out of the trauma bay on gurneys. Where are they going to take them? They're already in the place they should be. (laughs) To the trauma bay. Oh, right. Oh, shit, we're there. Uh, Get them off the gurneys. At this point, respiratory therapist Maureen Welch gave uh, the syringe of blood a sniff. Is is like Bram Stoker about to watch? Like, this is... What is happening? Well, I love that people keep smelling stuff and passing out, so people keep smelling it. Keep smelling it. Here, smell this. It'll hurt you. Uh... She also said it smelled like ammonia, and she started to feel faint. What? Then she went this is down. the syringe. This is the syringe that her blood was on. Uh, yeah. Okay, keep going. Then she went down like a third sack of someone sniffing the same thing. That's a good line I wrote. <laughs> okay, congratulations. <laughs> uh, when Maureen woke up, her arms and legs were jerking uncontrollably. At that point, Nurse Sally Balderas started vomiting and said she felt like. Uh, her throat was burning. She was put on a gurney and taken out into the parking lot. The parking lot? They're getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> There's food trucks. We've got to make a stop. <laughs> Why are they going? Okay. The fish taco trucks here. Come on! Um, how's Gloria? Well, we'll get to that. Because <laughs> so far by what you're telling me, it sounds like shrapnel. I'm curious about the bomb zone. <laughs> Uh, then many other ER, ER workers started becoming ill, all saying they smelled ammonia. Here, smell this, you'll die. Here, you sniff it. You Take sniff a rip it. and smell it, you'll die. I have an idea, let's not smell that. Hey, just make him smell uh, it. I wish you had told me that before I smelled it. <laughs> At this point, it was total chaos in the ER, ER, so Dr. Ochoa called for an evacuation. 911 was called. I'm sorry, and, and what did 911 tell the fucking hospital? We're taking people to you guys! We're having a stiff out. Nine one one. We need medical. Emer- this is a medical emergency. We're at the medical place. We are at the medical hospital. We're at Reverse We're, Side. We are medicaling. We're at the Reverse Side Hospital. Things are backwards here. We are getting sick on the patient. With the doctors are all sick, and the patients are helping the doctors, which is normal practice here. Reverse Hospital, NBC. Reverse Hospital, eight p.m. Or as they call it, breakfast time. Patients were taken to the parking lot while a skeleton crew stayed inside trying to save Ramirez's life. A short while later, the Riverside Fire Department responded and ordered those remaining in the ER to get out. (laughs) Okay. So there's like a dude with like a hammer in his head who's like, okay, but... Ow! Get out! About 8.50 p.m., Ochoa pronounced Ramirez dead. It is unclear from medical records whether she died before or after the evacuation of the ER. Okay. Did you expect that? You seem... Well, I'm not surprised that she's dead, no. But she clearly had problems. Well, dude, everyone's sniffing her blood and dying. (laughs) I mean, what am I supposed to think? I think she's probably in a bad spot. Paramedics responded and began treating those who had fallen ill. When investigators arrived later that night, at least 15 people said they had smelled the strange odor. They almost all said it smelled like ammonia, but some said it smelled like gas or had a chemical smell. (laughs) Ammonia. A sweet chemical smell. Mmm. Want to drink me some of that chemical? Mm, Girl, it smells like honey. It's like sherbet. Twelve people had fallen ill with dizziness, nausea, headaches, and difficulty breathing. 
Of those who smelt it and became ill, six were admitted to nearby hospitals. Dr. Julie Gorjinsky, who was the second person to smell the IV, Mm -hmm. was the worse off. She would be in intensive care for two weeks and need a respirator to breathe. Oh, my God. So that shit smelled bad. What? What? What is the smell? Mm. What? Yeah, d- mm. quit toying with me. What are we going to get to that? What is it? Gloria Ramirez died in the yard. ER. It turned out, as we already knew, she had advanced cervical cancer. They found out. Now they found out, right? The inspectors from California's Worker Safety Advance uh, Worker Safety Agency declared her dead body a public health hazard. Well, that's hard to say goodbye to her. <laughs> Your mom's gone, and you can never be near her again. <laughs> She's like, uh... Your mom's kind of like the ring if it were a lady. Right. Good Jesus, Jose's just fucking staring at me. Don't worry, man. Uh, Gloria's corpse was wrapped in layers of heavy plastic and placed into an airtight aluminum casket. Wow. Yeah. The, actually, the more I hear that, the more I kind of like the sound of that. And shot into space. Oh, of course. Where else are you going to put it? Uh, the media went crazy. The story of the fuming woman of Riverside hit the airwaves and newspapers. It was a great mystery. No one in the ER or other doctors could explain the fumes that came from the woman and caused others to become ill and led to an ER being evacuated. Reporters called it the medical mystery of the century. I mean, I feel like we've had bigger mysteries. Why, this is it. This is the one. <laughs> what if people start becoming uh, essentially st- uh, stink bombs? Of, of that's in, I like where we're headed. <laughs> I like the premise we're living in. Obviously, there was concern about performing an autopsy on Gloria's body. What? Don't you don't do it? Well, you have to. You do not. You have to find out what happened. <clears throat> I leave her People alone. People are sick. Yeah, you, what have we learned? That her body's crazy. Yeah. So leave it be. We got this. Who's going to do an autopsy? We got this. Oh God. Elaborate steps were taken to shield the pathologist from whatever nightmare was inside the body of Gloria Ramirez. Imagine, like, if you're the pathologist, like, explaining that to your wife. Like, well, it's everyone who touched her died, and I'm going to actually have to cut her open and see what it was. I want to say goodbye to you and the kids. Yeah. I am going to work. (laughs) I'm going to cut up a lady. I'm going to cut up uh, Chemical Alley. Chemical Alley, and I might not see you guys again. All right. But it's my job. All right, guys. I'm going to go cut up the ammonia, woman. Uh, So uh, a special chamber was built. So the four men conducting the autopsy would be sealed off from the rest of the world. Okay. They put on uh, level A protective suits. Wow. Like the kind that are used to clean up toxic spills. Right. The the hazmats. So like in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Outbreak. Crazy. Yeah, outbreak. Right. I think we got it. Are we clear? I think so. Like what he wears in Back to the Future when he goes into the barn? Yes. In the DeLorean? Okay, three. We got three. Sort of like in District uh, 8. Uh-huh. There's 13. Nine? Nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's always my favorite one out of the 13. Um, so uh, then they, then each man was attached to an oxygen uh, oxygen uh, tank. Okay. Right? Through a little tube. Uh, as they... Okay, so so, I, I this sorry we got an autocorrect fucking thing here. So um, so when they're doing the autopsy, Riverside County's hazardous materials team watched on a video monitor. 
Okay. So they're doing the autopsy in the chamber, and then outside there are guys watching the whole thing on a video ch- on video monitors. Uh, who and those guys were also wearing protective suits. <laughs> what? <laughs> and their job was to rush in and rescue the guys doing the autopsy if anything went wrong really fast. It's a little like tag team wrestling. It's also fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> outside. Three fire trucks waited with full crews. <laughs> okay. <laughs> World's best autopsy. Okay. Is E.T. inside? <laughs> and then beyond the fire trucks, over 50 reporters were gathered across the street behind yellow police tape. <sighs> they waited for word and probably hoped for something horrible to happen. Right? Of, yeah. They had to. Oh, you know they wanted They, want, they yeah. wanted the building to blow up. Yeah. Nine dead. <laughs> As Gloria's body continues to kill people. But we have to get inside that body. (laughs) Geraldo Rivera will lead us inside the body. Before the autopsy had started, the media had been briefed about what would occur. One reporter yelled, What are you afraid of? And Chief Deputy Coroner Dan Caputo said, The unknown. Wow, what an exchange. That is straight out of Armageddon. (laughs) What are you afraid of? That's such an extra line in a movie. Totally what are you is. afraid of? The unknown. <sighs> hard cut. Yeah, hard Taylor cut. Leone. Uh, so um, then the sun set. So this is happening in darkness. Uh, perfect. Smart. Charles Cox was a Cal OSHA district manager. Okay. So you know what everyone knows that OSHA is. They're the health... Uh, Basically work, they, they make sure everything's safe and healthy for work environments and hazardous spills and shit like that. They take care of all that stuff. Take care, right. Clean the birds. So he's the district manager. <laughs> and Tom Kranjibich. Sure, Kranjibich. Was also a Cal OSHA inspector. They were keeping an eye on the autopsy and uh, the emergency standby equipment. The two men had helped come up with the entire autopsy plan. Which is crazy. Well, they're OSHA. That's what they're supposed to do. It is a crazy plan. Oh, it's fucking nuts. Okay. This is like the beginning of an X-Men. Yeah, it really, yeah. This, you do, right? definitely, yeah. You, Wolverine clear. should emerge from bricks at the I end I mean, of I think I already spoiled this, but she is a mutant. Yeah. That's where we're going. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so the autopsy was... Gloria, make them all die from ammonia-like smells. Psst. I wish it didn't have to come from there. That's where it comes from. Uh, The autopsy was not allowed to proceed until Cox and Kranjevich were sure everyone was protected as much as possible. Then something odd happened. (laughs) Yeah, okay, what? (laughs) Someone lived? (laughs) Riverside County Coroner Scott Hill ordered Kranjevich and Cox to leave. Interesting. The two men were very upset and said they had to be there by state law. And legally, the autopsy couldn't take place without their approval. But the coroner was having none of it. Okay. They were escorted out of the building by a Riverside police sergeant. What the fuck's happening? (laughs) Cox had been working for uh, OSHA for 12 years, and he said, quote... I have never encountered such hostility in all my years with Cal OSHA. 
As we were being led off the property by the police sergeant, I had the feeling that something very serious had occurred at that hospital, and the coroner knew what it was, and they wanted us out of there because they were afraid we might find out what had really happened at the hospital that night. What the fuck? What? What? Wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember when I said it was a great medical mystery? Yeah. You're in it. I mean... You're fucking in it, baby. I want answers. <laughs> Coroner Scott Hill ruled that Ramirez died from heart and kidney failure related to her cervical cancer. There is no explanation given for the fumes. Riverside officials just said they came from Gloria's body and were released when the IV was put in. What? What? So what? Are their excuses? What? That she's just... She's got an odor body. She's just made of, like, maybe she didn't, acid? Maybe she didn't wash. It, it sounds like she washed too much. Uh, but remember, in the ambulance, they spilled the blood. So? And nothing happened. Oh, right. What the fuck? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> so she just became a fucking bucket of bleach by the time she got to the hospital bed? That's exactly right, and that's the name of the movie, Bucket of Bleach. Bucket of Bleach. Uh, So the Ramirez family began to look into Gloria's death. (laughs) Why? Wait, what were their questions? Yeah, hey, why? Hey, uh, literally everything. Hey. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hey, I wanted to ask all questions. Hey, uh, everything is my question. Can you answer that? Nope. Uh, Fuck! Uh, Because she was supposed to have another year to live. Uh... And they uh, were noticing that evidence was missing. Lots of evidence. Yeah. The syringe that was used to draw her blood was gone. (laughs) That's got to be hard to do. Riverside spokesman Tom DeSantis told reporters the fire department did not think to retrieve it that night. Yep. Why would they? Which is strange because everyone was freaked out and one would think all the evidence would be taken care of. You would also think that... It would be hard to take out. Yeah. Because everybody's getting sick from it. Right. Everyone's been evacuated, so it's all just so sitting we're, there. Yeah. A nurse, Sally Jo McCorkle, said the fire department's hazardous materials specialist did ask about the needle. Where's the needle? She was also asked about it by the hazmat crew and her supervisor. She told them all where she had put the syringe. And yet... Nobody... Found it, technically. Yeah, then weirdly. Hmm. And uh, the blood that was removed from Gloria right before she died also vanished. Interesting. Her IV bag uh, was sent to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to be tested. At least we found the bag. Later, Chief Deputy Coroner Caputo explained that he never followed up with the FDA. Why would you? I mean, you know what I mean? You know how it works in reverse side? Yeah, they'll call you. Hey, this is Reverse Hospital. They solve the mystery. You bring it to me. You know what I mean? All right. It's What are you putting the sheets on the bed for? That's for the couch. Reverse side. He even, uh, he never checked to see if it was tested, which is, why would you check? Why would you? A lot of other stuff, IV tubing, towels, bedding. And even the clothing worn, worn by the ER staff was all put into barrels. As long as they had the clothing from the ER staff. And sent to a desert waste facility. Oh, good. There it sat in the hot desert sun for several months. Cool. No tests had ever been performed on any of it. Why would it be? 
Why would you test it? Doesn't make any sense. We know everything we can know. Uh, okay, so what about the uh, Cal Usher guys who were kicked out of the uh, autopsy? <laughs> yeah, okay, what about them? I'm sure they're getting to the bottom of it, right? <laughs> no, they're probably like, God damn it! Well, two weeks after her death, they were taken off the investigation. Oh, good. Cox was told he wasn't sensitive to the politics surrounding the situation, and he was demoted. What are the politics? I don't know. What The, the fallout from, I mean, yeah, you know, oh, God. <laughs> I, I just, like, it's so easy for my conspiracy mind to just go crazy. Like, but it just sounds like a Martian. No, it's like, funny. it sounds like what would happen if there was an alien. By the way, I thought this was going to be a small up when I started it. I yeah. I thought it was just going to, I was like, oh, my God, I remember that lady when I was in college, that lady who... All the ER passed out. That's going to be a crazy story. And they looked into it, and it's so fucking nuts. What? Okay. The other guy, Krajinovich, who was known as a very aggressive enforcement officer, was removed for being disruptive and uncooperative with hospital (laughs) officials. But that's... The guy's hiding everything! But that's like when... Yeah, exactly. That that is like when you're... Like when nine cops will attack one dude, push his face into the ground, and he's trying to move his right arm, and they're like, he's resisting arrest! It's like you're killing him. Also, he should be. He should have a problem with the hospital officials because they fucked everything up. Yeah, no, he's. Of course, that's like if you take someone's child being like, she was a real bitch about it, too. That one, Jesus. We're also going to get her for that. Uh, The coroner then claimed the two had threatened and intimidated him to delay the autopsy, the one that they were kicked out of. After Cox and Krajinovich. Were yanked off the case, the head of the county's health services agency sent out an email to his staff. Holiday party Thursday. <laughs> no toxic ladies. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a toxic punch. <laughs> he ordered everyone to keep their mouths shut about the incident because of, quote, a very sensitive agreement with Cal OSHA that could be disrupted with adverse press reporting, which turned out to so- be true. So, so, I don't even know where to begin, but they, they like, so there's, she somehow has been like chemically poisoned or something and that nobody can know. No one can know. Something like that. That's basically it. No one can know. Good. Uh, so it turned out to be true that, uh, Kalisha did make a backroom deal with Riverside County. The deal was to get the two investigators off the case. The case was then given to a new Cal OSHA investigator. Some shithead who would be, do whatever they said. And he didn't make it over to the hospital for six weeks. Traffic. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can be such a bitch. The highly publicized death of Gloria Ramirez came at the worst time for Coroner Hill. He was in the middle of a difficult... Coroner Hill kind of sounds like a Melrose place for, like, the morgue. This this is a movie. You mean it's a movie waiting to be done, or it is yeah. going to be... Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. right now it sounds like we're, we're doing a, a hospital mystery show. Yeah. Hospital mysteries. On an all-new hospital mystery show. What do you got? No, nothing. <laughs> Next week on Hospital Mystery Shows. Uh, so, Coroner Hill was in the middle of a difficult campaign to keep him job. He was being challenged by one of his workers, Deputy Coroner Rick Diaz. Hill had been in the coroner's office for 20 years 
and now suddenly found himself in the spotlight. Reporters were all over him, looking for information and quotes. His face was popping up on TV every single day, which could only help in his re-election. Right, okay. But then things went sideways a month after Gloria's death. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, they went sideways for sure. The deputy coroner in charge of Gloria's case, Stephanie Albright, shot herself while talking to her ex-husband on the phone. Whoa, what the fuck? That doesn't help anything. No, that's not good at all. Oh, God. Now the press is like, oh, my God. The, don't touch the phone. They're killing themselves. Don't touch the phone. Another deputy that worked with her said she was under pressure from the Gloria Ramirez case. What? Hill said the suicide would not slow down the investigation of Gloria's death, but the family wasn't happy with how the case was going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For a month after uh, Gloria died, her family had called the coroner's office to ask when her body would be released. So they've learned a lesson now to actually call, make these calls instead of waiting for information yes, from places. Yes, now they're calling yeah. the hospital. You call the bureaucracy. You don't wait on the bureaucracy. They wanted an independent autopsy, and they wanted to bury Gloria Ramirez. So, of course, Riverside County officials sued Gloria Ramirez's family. That's an interesting call to get. <laughs> Hey, we'd like our mom's body. Uh, unfortunately, I work with uh, shady assholes and shadiness, and uh, we're actually going to sue you. That's um, uh, it's, oh, what? Uh, uh, autopsy infringement. <laughs> what? No, you, you've infringed wanna... on our autopsy. We want to bury our mom. Also, it, it's, it's what we like to call uh, morgue slander. What? You've slandered us via saying that you don't think we did a good autopsy. We just want to bury our mommy. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you're trying to also bury the truth, what? which we've uncovered. Wait. So, do you understand the lawsuit? No. Oh, I could go through it again. I don't want to. <laughs> <sighs> the county was demanding that any autopsy performed by the family would follow the same crazy procedures they had followed. Leaving out the part where they kicked out the two guys for watching over everything, of course. But during court proceedings, it was discovered that the county had performed a double secret autopsy on Gloria. What? It, 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 a double se- This is like, now you're getting into like tag rules. A double secret autopsy. And this time, without using any of the crazy protective measures. What? They had used the first time and were demanding the family now use. And now they were suing the family to follow the crazy (laughs) procedures of the first autopsy that they didn't use in the second autopsy. So there was an earlier autopsy. The first one that we know about. Okay, and then after that one where those dudes got kicked out. They went and just did Then they went and did another one. A normal one. Where there were. No suits, nobody, uh, no. So what the fuck is happening? And now they're suing the family to make them do it like the first one. But so. So you can be around the body, though. It seems so. God damn it! (laughs) The judge was not happy. (laughs) She asked the coroner to explain what was going on. I'm sorry, as a judge, what is happening? I'm sorry. Uh, Just as the judge, I would like to say, what the fuck? I think I'm the one who's going to plead insanity. Look to camera. Hill said... They just wanted to finish the stuff they hadn't been able to finish the first time. Yeah, they left a couple things open. They had a dinner uh, to get to. We forgot to look at the legs. We also uh, thought that the brain was the heart for a minute. Um, 
So there's more stuff we still got to do to it. We thought the foot was the head, so it's all. We're going to do our taxes, and then we'll finish it. Oh, I also dropped a ring in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Benny dropped a ring inside of her. A can of beer. Yeah. Well, not just a can of beer. We were using her as a refrigerator unit for about a fortnight. Um, (laughs) So... I'm sorry, I forgot what the question What's was. Going on? What, what was the question? Doing? What are you up to? Hey! <laughs> Cox, one of the two guys kicked out of the autopsy, the yeah. OSHA guys, was not buying it. Quote When they did the second autopsy, they wanted to make sure the chemicals Ramirez had been injected with or exposed to had sufficiently dissipated. There are many chemicals that have a half life and disappear over time. <sighs> I okay. If what is the angle in some way? The like the angle is maybe she like do, are, do they think that in the hospital she got injected with a bunch of shit? That's what the OSHA guys, those two OSHA guys. Think so they think fine. that in the hospital there was some sort of like malpractice where she was where they put fucking like ammonia in her, uh-huh. and that's when they all passed out. And then what happened was the hospital and OSHA. Had some sort of cover up where they d- wanted to make sure that all this chemical, all these chemicals, were actually out of her yeah. to avoid any sort of litigation with the Ramirez family. Pretty much, the Riverside coroner was trying to act like it was normal to do an autopsy in two parts, weeks apart. Oh yeah, no, everybody's no, doing. That's how we're doing it. Now. No, no, no. You guys haven't heard of sequeling? You haven't heard of halfways? No, we sequel now. Everybody's yeah, sequeling. We do like a halfway sequel. To be thing. honest, the first one's always really good, and then the second one's kind of shitty. Not but it's a great. sequel. It's a sequel. Not that great. That's how we do it. Anyway, anywho's. So what have you been up to? Hey. hey. Experts say that this is far from normal. Really? Normally, we do autopsies all at one time, said a spokesman for the L.A. County Coroner's Office. A veteran pathologist should be able to do an autopsy in one setting. Yeah. That's how most jobs are. (laughs) You do it. You know what? My hands got tired. I'm going to get back to this body in a few weeks. Hey, listen. I can't wait to give you your car back, but, uh, you know... I did the first part. I'm just kind of waiting on the second one now. It'll be a couple of weeks. It'll be a little month or something. The judge said that the coroner's actions made it seem like the county was trying to hide something. What? <laughs> then the judge ordered county officials to answer questions under oath about their investigation. Just before, moments before they were back to take the stand. Oh, God. The county withdrew its lawsuit and allowed the Ramirez family to take Gloria's body. Wow. So they went right up to the edge. It had now been a full two months since she had died. Right? Yeah. So they take her out of the morgue, you know, and they... Now they can have a... They can have... They, they, they take her out of the morgue and they hand her over and they go, There's, there you go. and Do what you want. Do their own autopsy. Yeah. The body was delivered to a pathologist the family had hired. It was badly decomposed. Yeah. I'm sure. Because they didn't keep it on ice. Yeah. And it was full of chemicals, which I'm sure didn't help anything. Yeah, but they didn't keep it in the fucking morgue. Where was what, it? Well, it wouldn't have decomposed if it was in the fucking morgue. Ugh, so it's just in a... They fucking put it up on the roof or some shit. Ugh. All of Gloria's internal organs had been placed together in a plastic bag. Uh, you Maybe she was born that way. <laughs> you can't put that on them. Uh, and her heart was missing. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say maybe that that is a red flag. 
the family pathologist said he could not determine a cause of death because of the decomposition, the missing heart, and the fact that her other organs were contaminated with fecal matter. Well, it's one of three things, really. It's either the chemicalization of the body when she was in the hospital, the fact that she didn't have a heart, or the fact that her poo organs were put into a bag in her stomach. Gloria's brother-in-law said, quote, I think the county has already found out how she died and wanted to make sure we did not find out. Yeah. Ten weeks after she died, Gloria Ramirez was buried in an unmarked grave in her hometown. The family had to hold a yard sale to pay for the funeral. <sighs> they also sold homemade brownies and cookies. Oh, At the funeral, Reverend, Bri- Reverend Brian Taylor could not contain his anger and said, Gloria has not been treated right. It's a, it's a, that's a... A religious man at the funeral. Yeah. Now, Riverside General Hospital was looking down the barrel of serious liability. Gloria's family was rightfully angry, and the lawsuits came. One was by Gloria's family, and the other was by Dr. Gorchinsky, who had been put into intensive care by the fumes. Oh, fuck. She would spend the next three months in a wheelchair and have bleeding into her brain. Oh, my God. Both lawsuits claimed the state and county had destroyed evidence to cover up the release of a toxic substance in Riverside General Hospital ER. Corner Hill was named specifically. An investigator hired by the family went out to the Desert Waste Facility where a lot of the evidence had been put in barrels and was sitting in the sun. Wow. It was now four months later. Oh, my God. There were no labels on any of the items in there. It was as though they had collected up bags, red bags filled with items, thrown them in a barrel, and sealed the barrel, and shipped it. I can honestly say that everything I saw out there is useless. Well, mission accomplished, I guess. That's how you do stuff when you're trying to get to the bottom of things. (laughs) Yep, that's what they want to hear. Even though the media was calling it the medical mystery of the century, there was no chain of custody. There was no indication of who had been in charge of what evidence, and it was clear no one had made an effort to preserve any of the evidence. (laughs) Now, the coroner's election was coming up in just weeks, and Coroner Hill finally released the report of Gloria's death. This ought to be good. What did she die of, I wonder? Heart and kidney failure related to cervical cancer. He told reporters that the fumes that made everyone sick were just, quote, the smell of death. Okay. Mm. <laughs> You're not buying that one? The only way to bring her back is a genie. Uh, no. No, I'm not buying that. The smell of death? The smell of death. That's what made everybody sick. A fragrance by Calvin Klein. That's why that one lady was in intensive care for uh, a couple of weeks. Well, that, a breathing that, tube. Yeah, that's that. why you got to go, go through your mouth. Old smell of death. Yep. It didn't take long before Hill was being attacked for his handling of Gloria's body. Well, I already, I think we wrapped it up. It was what? the smell of death. I did a final report thing. You Come on. A signature on it. It's mainly pictures. Smell of death, guys. Come on. S.O.D. Huh? Anyone? So how he handled Gloria's body, the secret autopsy, and the conclusion of everyone passing out and being hospitalized because of the smell of death. Election the day smell came. of death. He sounds like Ben Carson. <laughs> Election day came and he was forced into a runoff with his deputy. Like, how's he getting into a fucking runoff? 
Who, who, is he a Bush? Votes, who votes for Corner? I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the dude. I mean, you know what? The next time that there's Corner elections, if there still are. Why would you ever elect a Corner? <laughs> Can you imagine what that voting room looks well, like? Who the fuck? What? <laughs> Why are we electing coroners? Like, talk about crazy democracy. You know what? You're not good at cutting up dead people. Who the fuck knows who's good at it? My opponent hasn't cut up as many dead people as me. I'm the best at cutting up the dead people and embalming them. I used to cut up kitties when I was a boy. Vote for me. I cut up puppies. Vote for me. This debate has always come down to kittens versus puppies. I once cut up a frog. We've all cut up frogs. <laughs> That's the third party candidate. <laughs> Why are you even here? You're just throwing it off for my corner party. You're not even a doctor. You're right, I'm a garbage man, but I want that salary. I kind of like this garbage man angle, the voters. <laughs> okay, so. The runoff, uh, he was forced into a runoff with his deputy. And the runoff got closer and closer. And the heat he was getting from his smell of death theory was not going away. Good. So, Hill dumped the smell of death theory five days before the runoff election. <laughs> oh, give me it, Dave. He suddenly produced a report made by scientists at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. That's a place that works on nuclear weapons. Okay. They're a nuclear weapon. The lab speculated that the fumes probably came from a bizarre chemical chain reaction in Ramirez's blood prompted by the use of dimethyl sulfoxide, also known as DMSO. The scientists had found something in Gloria's blood that could have been produced by DMSO. So they reverse engineered the way that could have worked. And the idea was completely accepted by the press. What is the idea? Well, it's that they're within her body because of something she had been taking previously because of her. So, some like cancer chemical. And then, because of the IV, it caused some crazy chemical reaction that. Because of the IV. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to shout at you like you're the coroner. The LA Times wrote a big story about it on the front page, even though scientists all over the country were ridiculing the lab's conclusion. Yeah. There isn't a knowledgeable chemist anywhere who could call this theory plausible, said Stanley Jacob, one of the world's leading DMSO experts. Oh, gee. Well, that's damning. Even a college chemist would know this couldn't happen. Well, someone should tell him that we don't have college chemists, but yeah. <laughs> he also said the study was, quote, goofy. <laughs> Medically speaking. And that it was amazing the author's... Oh, and that the authors hadn't been able to get it published. It turns out the Lawrence Livermore scientists had only come up with the idea as a theory, not as a definite explanation of what happened. But Hill released it as if it was conclusive. Well, it sounds like he's in a good spot. <laughs> sounds like this re-election is cinched. I want a coroner who's in a panic. Yeah, you want a yeah, you totally want a coroner who's just everything is a lie. He almost yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's got the behavior of a bookie. He's like, sweat, like smell of death. Um, no, this report. No, this chemical stuff in the body. Uh, no more questions. Smoke bomb, smoke bomb. The State Department of Health Services then released a report blaming the ER situation on 
mass hysteria. Oh, of course. The smell of rubber peeling on the hospital floor. Yeah, which they said was begun by the strange smell. Oh, so it's one of those things. The smell is the impetus, but it's not the disease. Right. Right. Now, we've obviously covered mass hysteria on this podcast. Yes. Um, and it often affects more women than men. Right. Health services made sure to point out that more women in the ER became ill than men. Wasn't that's, it anybody who smelled it? That's just a good call by them. That's yeah. Just... No, that's likable. And of course, as often has, happens in mass hysteria, one of the women were, was put into intensive care for weeks and had to use a wheelchair. The, the usual. That happens all that the happens time. happens all the time with mass hysteria. Yeah, that's one of the things. It's not mass hysteria until someone's been in a wheelchair. The workers in the ER were furious. <laughs> Doctors who treated them said the idea was bullshit. The doctor treating Dr. Gorjinsky said, quote, the mass hysteria diagnosis is very insulting. It was obvious there was a certain bureaucratic pressure to come up with the theory. But these ER workers had real physical problems, and Dr. Gorchinsky was the most severely affected. ER people are not likely to succumb to mass hysteria. Seriously. These are the people who suck out chest wounds all day and drill holes in people's heads. And she was just on a table. Like, it wasn't no, like she, it wasn't it like, put, it, yeah. She had a gunshot through her chest and was like walking around a little bit. No, it's fucking insane. She was just on a table with an IV and then the everyone shit, started smelling a needle. The shit that ER people see and smell every day is horrifying. Yeah. I mean, we all, we've seen ER. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Also, Reverse Hospital is another show. <laughs> yeah. that's a, that show is actually called RE. <laughs> Dr. Gorchinsky said, quote, I think it is absurd and ridiculous for a government agency to come out with conclusions without reviewing all the records. The bones in both my knees are dead, and they never even bothered to interview me. Her. The bones in her knees died from smelling this. She took a whiff of something, and the bones in her knees are dead, and the state is saying, ladies be crazy. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? She's, she's a chick. That's what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, the state the state would like She probably to, saw a really hot dude and got weak at the knees. That's what I'm talking about. Can't uh, focus. The state would like to just say the chicks be crazy. She must, I mean, she, God, she must just be so oh, pissed. Fucking livid. I mean, your life. One your doctor life. said, one doctor said, it sounds to me like the people in the emergency room were exposed to some sort of volatile toxin. What? So a lot of people are coming up with the obviously insane and ridiculous ideas to explain this away. Well, right? We are America. What could the hospital be so afraid of? Well, it's Riverside County. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you think of Riverside County? Mm, I don't know. It's a place known for meth the way Anaheim is known for Disneyland. Yeah, well, it's a shithole. <laughs> The county is full of people making and using meth. Between 1988 and 1997, more than 1,000 meth labs were shut down in the county. It's, I don't know why people always are trying to put their foot through science. Just let the people have their science. People think, oh, police think they couldn't find twice as many meth labs over the same period. So there were probably more like two or 3,000 meth right. labs. In 1996, the State Bureau of Narcotic Enforcement called Riverside County the methamphetamine capital of the world. It's, it's just fun to be on a list. Hey, 
what about being the best at something? Yeah, you know? Uh, that, you know, they put up a statue. Yeah, well, yeah, what if just a meth bag? Just a meth guy, no teeth. <laughs> just it's a just, toothless just, psycho with a boner. A, he just got a hard on, he's fucking a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> no teeth. One of his eyes is just bo- like out of his out of its socket. Uh, and meth labs pop up in the weirdest places in Riverside. In 1995, cops found one being run at a daycare center. Yeah. In 1996... Gotta teach kids meth. Yep. Yeah. In 1996, police found a meth lab at the home of a middle school teacher. Several people around the country have been found making meth in Walmarts. And in 1990, a meth lab was discovered in Denver at a public medical facility. An employee was making meth at night in the lab of the medical facility. The lab was discovered because a supervisor smelled strong chemical fumes. State and county officials never looked into the possibility of meth. But the fumes and sickness symptoms of the ER staff match those associated with exposure to meth fumes. A forensic chemist who analyzes drug lab materials, said, quote, those smells and symptoms are classic to meth fume exposure, all that would be consistent with a drug lab. And, as happened in Denver, Colorado, hospitals are the perfect place to make meth because you can order the chemicals you need without being questioned, and there are a lot of locked doors. So the theory is that there, they, there was like a meth leak is oh, no. It gets so much better. Ugh. Meth doesn't require a lot of equipment to make. It can be made with a few beakers and some solvents. The big problem is the chemicals can explode or release toxic fumes. Right. Because cops have cracked down heavily on labs... It's, some funny, it's funny to crack down on meth. <laughs> have you ever methed down on crack? I have. Okay. Some meth makers, uh, because of the crackdown, started carrying out the process in stages in different locations, which made it easier to avoid detection. Like so, an autopsy. Yes. You do an autopsy in several different locations. Different, yeah, different stages. Uh, so, uh, so a market was created so you could get all the stuff you – you needed to make the meth. Like people would prepare that stuff and then give it to you like a, like a ready to go recipe. Yeah. Like a, like a meth starter kit, like a meth starter kit. Right. So instead of you having to make all of the stuff to make the meth, another guy would make this and this and this, and then you just grab it and put it all together really quick. So it sounds it, like an infomercial we're like five years away from. It's just great. Like where it's just like the, like distressed housewife where it's like, how many times have you passed out in your kitchen from meth? <sighs> Uh, so finished meth actually has no odor. Okay. But as the, as what we're talking about are precursors, precursor chemicals, right? This is meth in stages. The right meth in before you make the meth. This is the, this is the ingredients of meth, right? The tough part, the baking. Yeah. Uh, they often smell like ammonia or have a sewer like odor. Okay. Sewer-like odors were reported regularly at Riverside Hospital for months before Gloria died. Wow. And no source was ever found. One month before she died in the ER, a cancer patient had to run out of his room because he was almost overcome by toxic fumes. 
The smell was so intense that he vomited. The same thing happened two days later to the same patient. And on the morning, Gloria Ramirez was brought to the ER. The hospital staff reported sewer-like odors. I mean, the only thing that is in their defense is it is Riverside, and it's such a shithole. <laughs> it smells like sewer. Welcome to Riverside. Riverside. <laughs> you going to go down to high school? We're going to watch the fighting sewage. If someone was making chemical recipe bags to make meth, the smells would have been the source. And that is exactly what one of the fired OSHA investigators thinks was happening. Cox believes a chemical precursor was being made at Riverside General Hospital. Quote, I believe there was an intermediate product, not full meth, that was being manufactured in the hospital and then transported out to be completed elsewhere. I think very quickly into the investigation, county officials figured out there were some hospital workers running their own business on the side. I don't think anyone in the hospital knew about it at the time other than those involved. But as a result of this incident, they found out what was going on and decided to cover everything up. It is the only plausible scenario. Because the lawsuit would just be... The hospital would be shut down. Yeah. The the hospital would be shut down. Right. Cox believes... Because it's a meth lab. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you got the panic on someone's face when they're just like, fuck it. Let's just deny it. You're like, deny it? How the fuck? Ted, with all due respect, how the fuck are we going to deny this? I don't know. Let's just deny it, though. Everything. Everything. Put the body in a bag. Put the body in a bag. Put it on the roof. Let it rot. We're going to treat the body like a goddamn hot pocket. (laughs) Throw it on the roof and let it spin for 30 days. Uh, I don't think you know about hot pockets. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are hot pockets? I'm thinking of lean pockets. Cox believes the chemicals were packaged in IV bags and then smuggled out of the hospital. Oh, shit. And somehow one of those bags accidentally made it into the ER and was used as an IV on Gloria Ramirez. Oh, God. That is what that... I mean... If a nurse squeezed some fluid out of the bag when getting rid of the bubbles... It would explain how strong fumes got into the air. Oh, my God. There is other evidence that indicates meth. The symptoms the ER staff and Ramirez experienced point to exposure to meth gases. Also, blood tests on Ramirez, Dr. Kurczynski, and a nurse showed elevated levels of cyanide. That has been unexplained by government officials, but meth specialist Ed Brown who provides expert testimony in drug trials, says the elevated cyanide levels could be explained by exposure to methylamine. Methylamine Uh, is an ingredient of meth that has a strong ammonia odor. Methylamine causes headaches, dizziness, burning sensations of the throat, and other respiratory problems. These are all the exact symptoms that were experienced by ER staff. Oh, and once it's in the body, it can be converted to cyanide. County and state officials said there was no meth detected in the body of Ramirez, and a decomposing body makes detecting meth almost impossible. Yeah, well, that was the angle, right? So they sued to delay them getting the body back so the body would decompose. Also, they did not test for meth precursors. And finally, there was vapor found in the body bag. And the state claimed the chemical was new and it it did not match anything in their chemical libraries. So they found 
a vapor in the body bag. Yeah. And they tested it, and they're like, this is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's as good as an answer. There we go. We're out of here. But when asked to look at it three years later, a UC professor of forensic toxicology and consultant to the DEA found that it matched two amine compounds. One of them is a meth precursor that has a strong ammonia scent. He was able to come to these results so quickly that he doubts state investigators made any sort of effort. Wow. Ramirez went to her grave with the media calling her the toxic woman and the smelly body no funeral home wants. The coroner never returned her heart. Upon being questioned in court three years after her death, if there was any reason to keep the heart, he told the judge, I don't know of any. Good. Well, there's a, that's, that's good. That's resolution. Gloria Ramirez's family settled for $350,000. What? I could find no record of what happened to the $6 million lawsuit filed by Dr. Gorchinsky. They only got three hundred and fifty thousand dollars because they fucking I mean, blew how, all the evidence. How much cheaper is that than getting your hospital shut down? I mean, right? Crazy. They saved. So it much. worked. Fu- it did work. Wow. They won. Fuck. They fucking won. That's insane. How about that? That is what I was thinking at first. Is that it's some like? But I mean, imagine like putting ammonia into a person's bloodstream. <laughs> this is such an evil story. It is insane. It's vile. Not only that, but they fucking killed her in the first place by not telling her about the fucking pap smear right, results. Right. Yeah. Well, they wanted. It's almost like you know. It's almost like when you run a lap, you want to shave a couple minutes. They were like, "Well, look. I mean, we gave her a year. Let's see if we can fucking do it today. Let's undercut ourselves. <laughs> Let's get that meth in here." Wow, that is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where you're not going to get any employee to step up and admit that that shit's going on. No way. It'd be like, yeah, I'll go to jail for meth. Yeah, no way. All right. If you get a chance, go visit Riverside. We have a Patreon, which means if you enjoy our podcast and you'd like to kick us a little money for the endless hours that we put in, uh, you can do that at uh, the Patreon dollop page. Uh, There's different levels if you want to subscribe. And whatnot. If you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, we are at the Dollop. Uh, we have a Dollop Facebook page. On Reddit, there is a Dollop subreddit where people discuss the Dollops. And uh, if you want to send suggestions for a Dollop, you can send it to the Dollop Podcast at gmail.com. Boy, that is some crazy ass shit you just read. And please leave a. Review on iTunes. Yes. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Love you. Thanks. Hope everyone feels good. I don't. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy. The Gareth Army.
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.